The Cardinals and Yankees trade rumors continue to pick up steam. We've got the latest today on Locked On Cardinals. You are Locked On Cardinals, your daily St. Louis Cardinals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, Cardinals fans. I'm J.D. Haffern, and I'm a national radio sports anchor, born and raised in the Lou and a lifetime Cardinals fan. And I'm your host for Locked On Cardinals, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Follow me on Twitter at J.D. Sports Radio and the podcast at LO underscore Cardinals. We want to thank those of you who make Locked On Cardinals your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcasts. You can also find us on YouTube. Like, subscribe, and comment. That way you can interact with us. Hit the notification button so you know when new episodes are posted. This is a show serving Cardinal Nation and giving the best fans in baseball all of the info about the birds on the bat. The Cardinals took down the Marlins again yesterday, 6-4, to four, to complete the three-game sweep and win their fifth game in a row. That also makes eight wins in their last 10. But just to put that into perspective <laughs> of how bad the season was before we got to this nice little stretch here, um, I'm thoroughly enjoying this, by the way. I have to, I have to admit, like, it's fun to watch Cardinal baseball again. You know, when they're winning, it's a lot more fun. So much fun that um, I'm wearing this hideous, Cardinals. Uh, I don't know if it's really a Hawaiian shirt. I don't know what the heck this is. My mom gave it to me, and I, I said if uh, they ended up sweeping the Marlins, I would throw this on. So here you go. Fugly shirt on a Thursday due to the sweep. So there you go. Like, I'm having fun with the fact that the boys are playing good and they're winning right now. But as I was saying, they dug themselves such a hole that even after this nice stretch where they've won eight out of their last 10, they're still 10 games under 500, 10 games. That's how big this hole was that they dug in the first half. And they remain 10 games back in the division. They're nine and a half back in the wild card. And there's under two weeks to go before the trade deadline. Now, this is not me being negative. This is not me giving up on the season or on the team. Yes, I remember what happened in 2011. Yes, I know crazy things can happen. There's still two months of this season left when they get past the deadline in August and September to get to. I understand all of that. But the realistic side of this is that the Cardinals are probably not going to make the playoffs. Again, 10 games under 500, folks. We're not talking about a team that's floating around 500 and is still five or six games back in the division. We're talking about a team that is 10 games under 500. But if they don't sneak into the playoffs, which they probably won't, is this team a team that is built to win a world championship? Can you honestly say that? Can you honestly say that if they go on some miraculous run here and they sneak into the playoffs, that they are a bona fide, legit team that you would put money on to win the World Series? Are they going to be teams like the Braves, the Phillies, the Dodgers, and the Diamondbacks in the National League to get to the series? And even if they got that far, we'll, we'll keep playing pretend here. They get that far. Are they going to beat whoever it is on the AL side? The Rangers, the Astros, the Orioles, the Rays, some of their top teams. Are they good enough to do that? A 10-game stretch of good baseball, which is what we're in right now. And again, I'm loving it. It's so much more fun to talk about the Cardinals when they're winning. 
don't let this blind you about what happened in the first 86 games of the season that you've already seen that had this team in this massive hole in the first place. And perhaps their greatest enemy right now is not themselves. It's not their opponents. It's actually time. Time is actually their greatest enemy right now because in 12 days, you're at the trade deadline. And the Cardinals have major, major decisions to make on what they want to do with Jordan Montgomery, Jack Flaherty, Jordan Hicks, Chris Stratton, Paul DeYoung, and a whole bunch of other people that are in the outfield who are, are garnering attention from other teams who, let's be honest, have a better chance of making the playoffs and win a World Series than the Cardinals do this year. Would I love to see the Cardinals win 17 games in a row again and make the playoffs? Of course. Of course I would. Why wouldn't I? I love this team. I love this franchise. Of course I want them to. It would be amazing. But on today, July the 20th, we have to approach the deadline as if the Cardinals are still in sell mode, despite what just happened against the Marlins and the Nationals and what they've done over the last 10 games. It's probably not going to change that much. Mo even said so, that it probably isn't going to alter what their mindset is going into the trade deadline. And if they are going to stay in sell mode, which they probably are, one of the teams that continues to be mentioned as a likely trade partner is the New York Yankees. The Yankees are in last place in the NL East, but they're 50 and 47, a totally different type of last place than where the Cardinals were just a couple of days ago. They're nine games back of Baltimore in the division, but only three and a half back in the wild card. They are a team who has been without their best player, Aaron Judge, for a really long time now. He is reportedly getting close to returning. I saw that he was running the bases, and he's had that toe injury for a long time now. But they also still have enough talent as far as their starting pitching and other places on the team that they could still make a push for the playoffs, but they would like to upgrade in a lot of areas. Okay. This makes them an ideal trade candidate with the Cardinals because the Cardinals possess players in multiple areas. It's not like the Cardinals just have like one guy that everybody's going to be after. There's a, a bunch of people on this team in multiple areas that could be available. And the Yankees are probably feeling a bit desperate right now, which means they might overpay for some of those assets, which is good. You know, you, you want to have these guys feeling desperate and willing to give up just too much to get something off of you. That's where you want these guys. Katie Wu and Chris Kirchner over at the athletic released a piece about the Cardinals and the Yankees being compatible trade partners. Again, this season, remember, they pulled off the uh, trade that worked out for both teams, really, with Jordan Montgomery for Harrison Bader last year. Now, Katie brings up outfielders Dylan Carlson and Alec Burleson as possible targets for the Yankees, who are looking to upgrade their outfield. But, and be prepared for this, she also dips her toes into the Brendan Donovan trade waters as well. Here's what Katie had to say. He is certainly a player. Let me get you a... Let me get you a picture of Brendan Donovan up there on YouTube. He's certainly a player the Cardinals would prefer to keep, but they might not they might not have a choice. Because of Donovan's versatility, remaining team control, and his emerging left-handed power, St. Louis would covet at least one top prospect, if not two. The Cardinals direly need pitching, and their preference is talent that is close to being big league ready. So would the Yankees be willing to part with Randy Vasquez? 
Clayton Beater, or Missouri native Will Warren. Vasquez, by the way, for you guys, they're number 12-ranked prospect. Beater's number 13, and Warren, number 7. All of them are pitchers. Kirchner responds with, quote, Donovan would be a phenomenal addition for the Yankees and the kind of player they should be all over if he's gettable. It would cost a bit just because he's a pre-arbitration player who's had success in back-to-back seasons, but he's worth it for what the Yankees need. Someone who can hit for average, get on base at a high clip, and is a high-quality defender. He continues, I'm thinking the cost would likely start at something like starting pitcher Clark Schmidt, who's emerged over the past two months as one of the team's best pitchers and top outfield prospect Everson Pereira, who's currently in AAA. If that's not enough, the Yankees could also throw in Beater, who was acquired for Joey Gallo last season, or either Vasquez or Johnny Brito. That might be enough for Donovan, and it's something I'd do if I were Cashman. The Yankees desperately need more offense and a better defender, and they'd get it in Donovan. Now, I know the idea, because <laughs> I know how, how our listeners are. I know the idea of moving Donovan seems bonkers. It seems bonkers for fans. I've seen quotes where people are like, we will riot. I will never watch again if they trade Brendan Donovan. Stop it. Stop it. Yes, you will. But if you want to fix this rotation and you want to do it quickly, Cardinals aren't wanting to sit around for a couple of years. Neither do the fans waiting for the for prospects who are down in A-ball or double-A to work their way up. If you want it done quickly, and be ready to rock for 2024, then a bold move like this might be a path that they have to explore. The other name that people don't want to trade but might be somebody you'd have to give up, again, if you want to fix things quickly, is Lars Newpart. That's another one that's been thrown around. Um, in this particular article on The Athletic, the uh, they kick around other names like Hicks and Flaherty from the pitching staff who would make sense for the Yankees as well. But in the end, the aggressive move that they talk about most here would be a trade for Brendan Donovan. But Kirshner wraps up saying he thinks Dylan Carlson is actually the more likely addition for the Yankees due to his cost control and the trade capital it would take to get him compared to what the Yankees would have to give up to get Donovan. He says, quote, he won't move the needle much for the Yankees, but it can't be worse than what they've displayed so far, talking about Carlson. If the Cardinals do make Donovan available, there most certainly will be plenty of other teams who will call about him. It won't just be the Yankees. But if you can get multiple pitching prospects like Beater and Warren from New York for Brennan Donovan, would you say no? I mean, remember this. You have to give to get. All right, the Cardinals fleecing of the Diamondbacks and the Rockies to get Goldie and Arenado, that's not normal. It's more likely where, like last year, Jordan Montgomery for Harrison Bader. Each team, I think, would agree that that was a good trade for both teams. That's usually what, what teams are shooting for. So you have to give to get. Would you make a deal like this with the Yankees for Donovan? Or would you rather ship Carlson for just one of those pitching prospects? if that just happened to be the case. And don't change it around, because I know how you are. Don't change it around and say, trade O'Neill and Burleson instead. That's that's not the question. That's not the question. <laughs> of course, you would rather move lesser players, but if it has to be Donovan or Carlson, what would you do? Who would you move? You can get two top pitching prospects from the Yankees for Donovan, maybe like a Clark Schmidt as well, 
Or would you trade Dylan Carlson instead and get one and then maybe like a lower prospect as part of the trade instead? Leave your comments below. Hit me up on Twitter. Let me know what you think. The Cardinals did do something great yesterday. I don't want to take away from that. So we're going to talk about the sweep and the defeat of Sandy Alcantara next on Locked on Cardinals. For a championship team, it's all about making sure every player is a perfect fit. It's the same when it comes to your vehicle. Every part needs to fit just right. So the next time you need parts and accessories, head to eBay Motors. With eBay Guaranteed Fit, you can be sure that every part you need fits right, and it fits right the first time around. I harp on this all the time. It's part of the world these days, though, is that you buy a lot of things online, you get it, and it's not exactly what you needed. You know, it doesn't fit right, or it doesn't look right. That's not the problem with eBay Motors when it comes to your vehicle. Just add your ride to my garage and look for the green check to know that the part will fit or you get your money back. Because just like in sports, confidence is the name of the game. And when you shop on eBay Motors, that's what you're getting. And with over 122 million parts to choose from, you'll be back in the game in no time. You don't want to be on the sidelines when you got places to go and people to see, vacations, whatever it is you're getting into this summer going to the ball game. Car trouble is not fun. <laughs> it doesn't work out well with those situations. So get back in the game. After all, it's easy to bring home a win when the right parts are guaranteed. Get the right parts, the right fit, and the right prices on ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. The Cardinals battle the Cubs tonight, and you can catch every pitch of the Cardinals hometown broadcast with SiriusXM on the SXM app. Just search Cardinals. Thanks for making Locked on Cardinals your first listen every day. You can leave comments on YouTube as well as on Twitter anytime you want. Your feedback is always welcome and encouraged. Uh, yesterday, we got a lot of good feedback because the Cardinals did something wonderful. They completed the sweep of the Miami Marlins, a team that still has playoff aspirations and may also be someone that the Cardinals... We'll talk to you at the deadline about some of their young pitching to help boost the Marlins offense, which the Cardinals held in check in this three-game series. Again, it just makes you wish when you see what happened over the last three days and you have a good team like the Marlins. They're not great, but they're they're a good team. Again, it just makes you wish that the pitching had been up to par like this all season. Like, Imagine where the team would be. Probably in a better place than they are now. But Monday... You get the 6-4 victory with a good start by Miles Michaelis. Tuesday, pitcher's duel with Montgomery, dealing six strong innings, and they're in the 5-2 walk-off winner and extra innings by Arenado. And then yesterday, the Cardinals have a, a bullpen game up against the reigning NL Cy Young Award winner and former Cardinal Sandy Alcantara. And sure, it was nice to get four runs in that first inning off of Sandy. That, that was a lot of fun. You know, it makes everybody kind of go... Oh, that feels good. We've got some breathing room here, knowing that it was going to be a bullpen game. But the pitching stepped up. They did a really good job yesterday. Dakota Hudson gets the start. He gives up two runs over three innings. Not great, but for a bullpen game, you'll take that. You'll take two runs over three innings from Dakota Hudson. Zach Thompson, who many may have forgotten that he was even on the roster. <laughs> and it wouldn't be your fault if you did, because he made his first appearance yesterday since being recalled from Memphis on July 7th July 7th what why why has he not been pitching we never got any clarification as to why that was the case apparently I heard uh what was it 20 days 
He hasn't pitched in 20 days, like in a in a regular game. Has gone and done his bullpen session, so it's not like he's just been sitting there. But at the same time, getting in the game is a different story than throwing in the bullpen. But he comes in and he works two scoreless innings. He gets those key double play balls to work out of trouble. I like Zach Thompson. I still, I have no idea why they sent him down and wanted him to try to be a starter again. He's a pretty good relief pitcher. Leave him there. The Cardinals also had to use Andre Palante. Hasn't always been great for Andre this year. Inning and two thirds. Ryan Tapera for an inning and a third. Then Chris Stratton comes in for an inning. Not exactly a murderer's row of relief pitchers, okay? Because they used Hicks, they used Gallegos the last couple of days. This is what Ollie had to work with and give him credit. They did just enough to get the job done. They win the game. Chris Stratton allows a run in the ninth inning. The Marlins made things a little bit interesting when they got the tying run to the plate before Stratton shut it down, earned his first save of the season. Tapera also allows another run on a solo shot. So far, not all that impressed with what I'm seeing out of Ryan Tapera. But what are you going to do? I mean, the way this bullpen's been, I mean... Who else are you going to put in there right now? Uh, Nolan Gorman had the biggest hit in this one, smacking that three-run shot to center off Alcantara in the first. He knocks in four of the six runs on Wednesday, and uh, it's really nice to see. And I thought this was a really cool picture of Gorman rounding third with the arch behind him. And you can see in the grassy knoll there, people who are trying to get the ball, and uh, you can see security screaming at them. You guys got to stay out of the grassy knoll in center field. You're going to get in trouble. You're going to get in trouble. But anyway, Gorman, 23-year-old now, 9 for 18 over his past five games, had an extra base hit in each contest. His resurgence obviously has been a big boost to the offense. According to John Denton at MLB.com, during the All-Star break, Gorman just got away from baseball. You know, he took time to head back to Phoenix to just reset and refresh. And sometimes I think we as fans, we, we take for granted what the mental grind does to these players. You know, the, the mental grind as well as the physical grind for an entire season is massive. And when you can just get away from it all, it can really help. And Gorman appears to be thriving off of that. You know, like when you go on a vacation and you're away from work for about five or six days and you come back and work doesn't seem like such a bummer anymore and you're kind of excited to get back to it. That is kind of what Gorman has done. You know, he got a chance to reset, refresh, and now he's hitting again. The Cardinals have won a season high five in a row and appear to be having fun playing baseball again, which is fantastic to see, something that has been sorely lacking throughout the entire season. The guys are in Chicago for the next four games against the Cubbies. We're going to talk about that series and some of the trade rumors surrounding Chicago. We'll do that next on Locked on Cardinals. The Cardinals will be uh, taking on the Cubbies today, and then um, they travel to Arizona after that. Uh, this road trip starts in Chicago, four games over the next four days. And you can catch every pitch of the Cardinals' hometown broadcast with SiriusXM on the SXM app. Just search Cardinals. One of the great rivalries in baseball will be on display over these next four days in Wrigley as uh, the Cubs and Cardinals take on each other. And this is the first of eight meetings between the two teams over the next 11 days. So the Cardinals will play the Cubbies for four. Then they go to Arizona and play the Diamondbacks for three. And then they come back home and get the Cubbies again for four more. And the Cubs are in a similar situation as the Cardinals where they've got some assets that other teams are interested in. But unlike the Cardinals, the Cubbies haven't 
haven't really made their trade deadline intentions known just yet. We think we know where they're leaning towards, but we don't know for sure. They haven't come out and said it the way Mo said, hey, you know, we're going to be trading some players. We're trying to get pitching. That's that's our goal right now. Tonight's starter, Marcus Stroman, has been a name that has made the rumor mill a lot <laughs> because he's got an opt-out after the season. So if he decides he wants to test free agency, he can, and he probably should. He's having a fantastic year, although the Cardinals have hit him well this year. But uh, teams like the Rays, Blue Jays, Yankees, and Astros have all reportedly checked in on him. The Cubs also have Cody Bellinger, the former NL MVP who was having a resurgent season, hitting 311 with 12 home runs, 35 ribbies, 12 stolen bases. We know he's very good in the outfield. He's got an OPS plus right now of 140. That's crazy. That's crazy. And he's missed some time this year with injuries, but he's been really, really good. So multiple teams could be going after him at the trade deadline. The Cubs have won two in a row, but they're five and five in their last 10. They're 45 and 50 overall, which puts them seven and a half back of Milwaukee in the division and seven back in the wild card. I would assume that they are leaning towards selling. I, that's what I would think. I don't think the Cubs went into the season saying, we're putting this team together and we're going to make a run. I think they put this team together to kind of get through this season and see where it took them. And now they've got some assets they can trade and flip, get better prospects and whatnot. I think that was all kind of the plan. So I'm guessing there will be a ton of scouts in the crowd at Wrigley Field over the next four days because you've got the Cubs and the Cardinals who have some of the biggest trade assets in Major League Baseball available. So with as many teams who were still in the running to make the playoffs, they're going to be scouting these guys, and it would be good for both teams if uh, they have good series. And the uh, Cardinals will have Stephen Matz on the mound tonight. Again, Matz looking for win number one on the season. Still hasn't gotten it yet. First pitch is scheduled for 7.05 St. Louis time from Wrigley. But, you know, you're hoping that Stephen Matz is somebody that he continues to progress because you kind of want him in your rotation next year as like your number five. You don't want Steven Matz in the bullpen if you can help it. You'd like for him to step up and be that starter you thought you were signing. Hasn't done that yet, but we'll see if uh, we'll see if he can he can put on a show tonight at Wrigley Field. A reminder: the Cardinals will have to make a roster move before tonight's game to open up a spot for outfielder Tyler O'Neill. If you didn't know, he was supposed to be activated on Monday, and then it was supposed to be Tuesday. But then the Cardinals thought about it. We're like. We might need all of these pitchers for Wednesday's bullpen game, so we're going to wait to activate him until Thursday. That is still supposed to happen. He's still supposed to be coming back from from his back issues. They announced he's supposed to be the starter in left field immediately when he gets activated. Um, I haven't seen anything on the wire yet about what move the Cardinals have made, so make sure you follow us on Twitter. I'll get that retweeted out as soon as uh, that information is known. Thanks again for making Locked on Cardinals your first listen every day. Be sure to catch every pitch of the Cardinals hometown broadcast for the series against the Cubs with SiriusXM on the SXM map. Just search Cardinals. Again, if you have a chance, give us a follow on Twitter at LO underscore Cardinals and at JD Sports Radio. Like and subscribe on YouTube so you can see me wearing hideous St. Louis Cardinals shirts like this one. Help our channel and our love for the Cardinals grow. You're the best fans in baseball for a reason, and I'll see you next time on Locked on Cardinals.